Hello everybody. My name is Leah Mushkin-Barians. I'm a Senior Clinical Affairs Associate with Nanasonics and I'd like to welcome everybody to our podcast today. Our podcast series has been launched to provide you with timely and actionable information in a quick, accessible way to guide you in your ultrasound, infection prevention and device reprocessing practices. Today we're going to discuss a very relevant topic for the present day, the role of ultrasound in the management of COVID-19 patients. And we're very excited to have Gina Cummings, an experienced member of our team, join us to share her knowledge and insights. Gina, welcome to our podcast. Would you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Leah. It's great to be here. Um, so my background is in ultrasound. I'm a registered diagnostic cardiac sonographer in adult echo and also a registered diagnostic medical sonographer in abdomen. Prior to my position as a senior, senior clinical application specialist for Nanosonics, I was an application specialist for one of the top ultrasound manufacturers. And while working in a clinical setting, I had the opportunity to work in some very reputable hospitals practicing cardiac imaging through ultrasound. And I also have a background in medical assisting and phlebotomy. Thank you, Gina. So can you tell us how ultrasound is being used today for the management of COVID patients? Sure. Um, ultrasound is being relied upon heavily in the management of COVID-19 patients. And lung ultrasound is the most common procedure that's being, being used on the front lines, particularly for triage and screening. Ultrasound is also used for follow-up to assess the extent of pleural effusions, pneumonia, and lung function, especially in patients with suspected acute respiratory distress syndrome. Transthoracic echocardiography is another helpful tool in assessing not only overall cardiac function, but also to investigate pulmonary infiltrates or edema. And for patients being mechanically ventilated, it's used to assess stroke volume and other cardiac measurements. Ultrasound is also being used in some facilities to evaluate patients for deep vein thrombosis. And that's because some patients with COVID-19 can be mobilized for extended periods of time. This places them at a higher risk to develop DVTs. And of course, ultrasound is used for the assessment of organ failure in critically ill patients. Is ultrasound being used to guide interventional procedures in the management of COVID-19 patients? Uh, yeah, there are some severe cases of COVID-19 uh, patients that need to undergo ultrasound-guided procedures. So, for example, patients in the ICU may need ultrasound-guided central venous access to deliver fluids, medication, or other therapeutics. And in some cases, ultrasound might be needed to insert a chest tube to treat pneumothorax as a complication of ventilation. And thoracentesis may be needed to drain excess fluid between the lungs and the chest wall to make it easier for the patient to breathe. So this is quite a long list of diagnostic and therapeutic procedures involving the use of ultrasound. Why do you think the technology is relied upon so heavily during COVID-19? Yeah, Leah, it is quite a long list, and that's because there are many benefits of using ultrasound above other imaging modalities like CT or MRI during this crisis. The patient is not exposed to any ionizing radiation, which is always the good thing to avoid. In the case of COVID-19, the portability and scalability of ultrasound is a major factor that has driven its use during this pandemic. Mm. 
that point on portability of ultrasound is interesting. Would you expand a little bit on that? Sure. Ultrasound provides real-time imaging that can be performed at the point of care, meaning at the patient's bedside. That means it's fast since you're able to obtain an image with actionable information immediately and you don't have to transport the patient to the radiology department and wait for information. Are there any other benefits to minimizing patient transport in this way? Yeah, minimizing traffic this way is also good infection control practice since these patients are likely cared for under droplet isolation precautions. These types of precautions protect healthcare workers and visitors from hospital-acquired COVID-19, which is transmitted through respiratory droplets. Um, patients on this level of precautions often have dedicated staff who need to wear full PPE. They're kept in a ventilated room with a strict cleaning and disinfection regime, and visitation is limited. So you don't really want to move them throughout the facility. Also, some COVID-19 patients are just too sick to move anywhere, particularly if they're hypoxemic or suffering from hemodynamic failure. So it's great to be able to do an assessment at bedside for these very sick patients in dedicated rooms using ultrasound. So you don't go to the machine, the machine comes to you. I imagine this means healthcare workers can do more imaging too? Absolutely. Um, They're able to perform more exams and more follow-ups and can perform ultrasound-guided interventions or other procedures at the same time. You also need less staff to run and maintain ultrasound than MRI or CT, which, generally speaking, are more costly than ultrasound. All these factors together have led to the scalability of ultrasound technology during this crisis. So one can assume ultrasound is going to continue to be an important tool for healthcare during this difficult time, and we can expect to continue to see its use in settings where COVID-19 patients are being managed. So Gina, can you tell us a little bit about how frontline healthcare workers can manage the cleaning and disinfection of their ultrasound equipment? Let's maybe start with the console itself. Well, given that COVID-19 patients will be placed on droplet precautions in isolation, make sure you follow your facility policy for decontaminating medical equipment in those settings. But let's cover some general principles. Where possible, patient-dedicated ultrasound machines should be used, and if it's not possible, the machine should be thoroughly cleaned and disinfected daily, and also before it leaves the ultrasound area. And before a machine is removed from isolation, it should undergo a deep clean per your facility policy. Some policies might even require disposal. Where can people go to find information about what to use for daily SARS-CoV-2 disinfection? So, Leah, as you know, SARS-CoV-2 is the virus that causes COVID-19, and the EPA has a helpful list of hospital-grade disinfectants that can be affected. SARS-CoV-2 is an envelope virus, which are the most susceptible pathogen group to disinfection. So low-level disinfectants on the EPA list should work. Just make sure you're using the right contact time and also that you're using compatible products. You'll just want to check with the manufacturer. Thanks, Gina. Why don't we talk about the patient contact part of the ultrasound machine, the actual ultrasound transducer? How are people disinfecting these? Well, the Spalding classification continues to apply whether or not you're in isolation, so people are and should continue to follow it. 
Um, and Spalding is the fundamental basis of federal device reprocessing and ultrasound probe reprocessing guidelines from the CDC and FDA. So if you're going to contact sterile tissue, such as the puncture site in a thoracentesis or a biopsy, the probe is considered a critical device and should be sterilized before use. Now, many probes can't be sterilized, so the CDC guidelines permit high-level disinfection of critical pro probes when used with a sterile sheath. And if you're in an OBGYN or MFM setting doing transvaginal scans, the probe is considered semi-critical since it contacts mucous membranes and must continue to undergo high-level disinfection. So why do people still need to perform high-level disinfection for semi-critical probes or for critical probes that can't be sterilized during COVID-19? Yeah, well, even though a lower level of disinfection might inactivate SARS-CoV-2, you still need to prevent transmission of other pathogens into sterile tissue or mucous membranes, which are much harder to kill than SARS-CoV-2. So high-level disinfection or sterilization is still required following spalding at all times. Now, for non-critical probes that will only scan healthy skin, like during a lung ultrasound, it's okay to wipe these with a low-level disinfectant on the EPA list. Just make sure that the label states it's indicated for use on medical devices, that you apply the right contact time, and ensure all surfaces of the probe are contacted. Now, having said that, some hospitals have even decided to high-level disinfect all their ultrasound probes just for the time being as an extra measure of safety. After all, the goal here is to protect patients, staff, and the community by helping to control the spread of the virus. Yes, absolutely. So it's important facilities, at the very least, continue to apply the Spalding classification when making decisions about probe disinfection. Do you have any other infection control tips for ultrasound users during COVID-19? Yeah, sure. I would just add to consider the use of automated disinfection. During COVID-19, healthcare workers don't really have the time to ensure that a wipe or other manual method has met a contact time of several minutes on all surface areas and grooves of the probe. They just need to ensure that the probe is safe to use for them and the patient every time it's disinfected. An automated disinfection system brings numerous benefits in terms of being a validated process with documented traceability with a critical parameters like contact time, temperature, coverage, and concentration are met for every cycle on both the probe body and the probe handle. Now, while SARS-CoV-2 is an envelope virus and is quite sensitive to most disinfectants, performing automated HLD can give you an extra margin of safety above and beyond manual HLD or LLD processes. So automation takes the guesswork out, you get the efficacy you need, and you have documentation to confirm everything passed. It almost, it sounds like peace of mind. Yes, exactly. Ultrasound is certainly an important tool in the management of COVID-19 patients, and disinfection of the machine and transducer play a key part in the care and safety of patients. I think the information you've shared with us today, Gina, is going to be so helpful for people in their practice. I'd like to thank you for joining us today and for sharing your knowledge. Thank you, Leah. And to all of you listening, I hope you've found this session informative and can take away some actionable information to help guide your practices through this difficult time. 
Our thoughts are with everyone out there keeping us safe. Thanks again, and we hope you'll join us next time. Thank you.